All right, guys, today I get to interview Spencer Carpenter, the man who has booked over 900 podcast interviews for real estate investors. Obviously, this is something I'm excited to talk about because we have the Freedom Chasers podcast, a podcast that specializes in interviewing real estate agents and investors. So I think there's a lot of tangentials. But we're also going to be talking a lot about how you can monetize and increase monetization on a podcast and a number of other things. So if you are thinking about podcasts as a strategy, whether it's being a guest or a host, this is probably going to be an episode you're going to want to listen to. Spencer, thank you for coming up, uh, coming on the show. Take us into it right away. What is this no sales pitch method uh, that you've that you worked out? Yeah. First off, thanks for having me on the show. Um, and yeah, the the you know the no pitch scenario that I really like about podcast is that it's just conversational. You know, when it comes to marketing uh, and whether it's a course or like a Facebook ad or something, obviously you're trying to get people. Uh, you have, you have to do things to try and get people in the door. You have to get them to click the link, either go sign up or buy the product, whatever. It's always a sales funnel. Whereas with podcasts, the really valuable thing about it is it's just two people talking. And I mean, if you're doing it correctly, you're not selling. Uh, you're providing value. You're you're providing your background. You're showing your your personality, uh, explaining why something is important to you. Maybe maybe someone's a really good salesman, but like they're not there to talk about sales. They're there to explain how they are really passionate about finding the win-win for people. Um, you know, that's that's the type of thing that builds uh, a lot of trust. But the other thing is just when it comes to the marketing side, you know, you're not competing with people for 30 or 60 seconds of attention. They're volunteering to listen for 30 or 45 or 60 minutes that whole time building rapport. And so I think that if if people can make sure that they set aside their normal sales techniques while doing podcasts and put themselves into a scenario where they're not trying to pitch. They have like 45 minutes of solid rapport building with a potential customer. Let's dive into this. So let's break out. Let's say it's 45 minutes. Do you have special or certain allocations like, okay, you should spend two minutes or three minutes on your story. You should spend, and obviously you might be at the the mercy of your interviewer and what they want to to extract from you. But can you break out in an ideal situation where you can make the interviewer do whatever you wanted? What what would the person's uh, time allocation look like? You know, I don't coach people on that side of things. You know, I really just like to make sure they understand that they are there to provide value. But if I really had to uh, give them like a crash course, I would say like a third of the time should be developing that that backstory or the path to how you got where you are today, because that is oftentimes the part that's one most relatable to maybe a newbie that's listening um, because it, you know, shows you starting where they started, uh, but also gives that foundation for understanding like why you operate the way you do. Um, maybe what's changed along the way. It gives you the, the flexibility to talk about what you learned and how you then, you know, added that into um, your your business or your sales process or something like that. Uh, so I really think that backstory is what is so important. Um, you know, whenever I pitch someone to a show, I'm always I, I always lead with like, what is the value add they're going to provide? What are the topics that are unique? But right after that, I dive into at least one paragraph that is like where they started, how they got here, um, you know, what happened along the way that might be unique and then finish off with like, here's where they're at today. You know, I don't, I don't like to lead with so-and-so has 1500 units, uh, you know, across the U S I like to explain how they got there because it, you know, it's, it's, that's the journey. That's the story. People like stories. 
One of the things, so I've worked with different coaches along the way and in various facets of the business. And, and they talk about this idea that starting a podcast from a question that people want answered is a great way of gaining traction. If you had to pick between starting with the meat of what people might want to know on a particular topic versus the story, what would you say? I mean, is it story went out every time or? I mean, obviously that's a little bit different, you know, when, when it comes to, uh, yeah, you can dive into a topic. I mean, just, this is a great example. You're the first one that hasn't asked me how I got to what I'm doing. We're just diving right into the content, but oftentimes in an interview scenario, especially with a lot of real estate focused shows, they do want to hear that story, but yeah. being able to just dive in and provide that, that like information is also very valuable. Um, you know, it just might be a different person that's listening. You know, or maybe they listen to the show in addition to one that is more story, you know, more of the the background focus. Yeah, love it. So you would say at least a third of it is broken into this the backstory, so people can relate, they understand where you're coming from, they understand how they may or may not fit into that picture. Like, mm-hmm. okay, does this person have similar struggles or or challenges or goals, etc.? Would you say then a third goes to content, or would the rest go to content? How would you break it out from there? Uh, yeah, I mean, I would say then the, the rest of it can easily be broken up into what's your strategy, you know, is there, are there systems you use, are there tools you use, maybe what's your, uh, niche or what's your focus, um, why that is, I mean, that why that is, is probably going to play into that original backstory. I mean, but that's, that's just it is that, that original story kind of plays into all the rest. Um, you know, and that might be whether or not the person is super analytical and that's how they got where they are, or, you know, they're very relationship based and that's how they had their success. I mean, it's, it's, again, I've never, I've never like had to coach someone through it. I just think that backstory is always really important in building the, you know, just the relatability. And then the rest is like showing why you're an expert. So a lot of people come into podcasting with the hope of really monetizing the thing, you know, and, and some maybe have a little bit longer of a time frame before they feel that need. What would you say for someone who really does want to treat podcasting like a business move, like a lead generation arm or something like that. What is the strategy? Like, should they go high volume, like being on tons of podcasts? Like how should they think about the business of podcasting? You're saying as being a guest or being a host or both? Let's, let's start with being a guest first. uh, Sure. And, and then we can move to the host side. Yeah, I mean, the, the thing about being on podcasts is off the bat, you never really know exactly who is listening. I mean, the, the host can maybe give you an idea if they are interacting with their community. You know, they've built like a Facebook community. They really know who they are. But but the the oftentimes when you're pitching, you kind of have to use your, your best judgment. And I try not to get people super focused on that fact because off the, like your point, it's it's kind of a long-term thing. I think I think it's always important that people understand in the very front end, like this should be something that is a part of your overall strategy, not just something you're doing this quarter. Um, maybe if you have a capital raise or a product coming out, you you prioritize it a little bit more in a specific time frame. But podcasts are out there. They're willing to have you on for free. It should just be part of your marketing process. And that's because set aside a specific conversion and ROI from a customer coming in. You're, you're getting the SEO from it unique SEO, not just like you sent out a press release through Yahoo Finance and you have the same article in 300 different outlets. It is a unique title, a unique platform, a unique bio, or you know, show notes every single time. So it really diversifies your SEO on that point. Um, you're getting content that like, you're the one that's producing this. 
I'm getting to do this for free. Like you have to put in the resources. You should be using (laughs) it at the end. If you're on it, somebody just gave you content that you otherwise would have to pay for. You'd otherwise have to set aside time for. You'd have to rehearse. You'd have to figure out what it is you're going to do. Like use that content, go get a VA and like have them cut it up into clips. And one podcast interview, if you if, if you're actually providing value, can provide you enough content for three or four weeks. And so those are the types of things I think are really important that people focus on before even considering like how or when am I going to get a specific ROI. But if you're doing it all the time, you're getting that SEO, you're getting content, you're getting in front of people. Like it's going to happen at a certain point. You know, I'd, I'd had a lawyer that, um, and also I'll just say like you, just the time frame of when a podcast happens and when it turn, you know, the turnaround that also complicates it. But, you know, I had booked him on a bunch of podcasts and it was on his 15th one that he had $85,000 in initial legal fees come in from four high level clients. And so, um, you know, those are people that are then continuing to pay. And he, you know, they hadn't, they hadn't figured out quite how to quantify it before that. They knew that they were getting business, but that was the first time that like four people all said, I heard you on this podcast and you did great. And that's why I hired you. And so to him, does it matter that the first 14, they couldn't quantify? No, that 15th made it all worth it. And so I mean, there are p- plenty of people that get more results much sooner than that. You know, I, I had many leads come in far before I did 15 podcasts. Um, and so th- those are the ways I like people to to look at it. But also being able to, it's not always just like getting in front of the podcast uh, host. Like if you, let's just say you're developing your business or you have a, an email list and you're looking for content. If you are putting on you know, in your email that you are a guest on a podcast like every two weeks or every month, maybe there are people on your email list that you had a call with that never converted. And now they're starting to see like, oh crap, this guy was like new when I met him or gal, you know, guy or gal. Um, And now they're like really being like put out there by all these hosts. They're getting invitations to be on these shows. There are people watching you on LinkedIn and Instagram and your email list that maybe canceled a call. They didn't even have the call with you, but they never unsubscribed or they did have the call. They didn't convert. Maybe they've messed around with you for a few months. Maybe it just wasn't the right time. But doing those things to show constant reminders and being in front of them is really valuable. That's something I don't see a lot of people doing. And the last thing I really then like to focus on in terms of like reach itself. I don't know how many you know listeners you have, but let's just say you're on a podcast that only has a hundred listeners. Can you right now announce an event that you're going to have in two months and be confident that you're getting 100 people out to it? I was a concert promoter for 15 years. I had shows where I dedicated months to advertising how many people, you know, advertising the show that had 50 people show up or a show that should have had 1,000 people where 300 people showed up. Podcast is this thing where, like, uh, they they have a lot of organic growth. You're utilizing someone else's platform and hundreds of people are listening or thousands at any given time just because it's a low barrier to entry. They can do it on their phone. They don't have to go somewhere. They can do it at any given time. And so most people don't understand that like, no, you don't need to be on Joe Rogan and have the millions of listeners. If you get in front of one podcast with a hundred people that are your right audience that is more effective than any event you could put up. Most people can't sell a hundred of a course in the first month or anything like that. I mean, again, just adding it into your overall marketing strategy is going to have such 
a, a big impact on your business and your exposure and all these other things like SEO. I hate talking about SEO because everyone talks about it, but you know, it is important. <laughs> so let's say we have some listeners out there that are like me that like to, when they find a good strategy, they want to overdose on it. And, you know, being a prospector, I love the the value of getting a lot of reps, right? And obviously you're speaking, when you're on a podcast, you're talking to a lot of people compared to just one-on-one conversation, but how many podcasts are possible? Like if a real estate agent or investor came to you and said, hey, I want to be on 300 podcasts this year or 500 podcasts, at what number would you say, you know what? Like that's not possible. You know, I think um, it's really hard to do like even one a week without becoming robotic with it. And, you know, you kind of get into that flow. It is important, um, I think, to to not overdo it too much just because, you know, or you at least need to be adding new things to it if that's how you're going to uh, approach it. But again, one a week, I mean, that that's just like, they're not all coming out next week. You might then have three drop in a week at one time. You know, it, it's um, one a week, I think, is always a good goal. But you also have to understand that not, you know, there's only so many of the top shows. So if your goal is to only be on top shows, you're going to have far fewer podcasts. If you want to be on more shows, um, you have to you have to be open to other shows. So again, at the example of a real estate agent, maybe like what value are you bringing that is going to open you up to not just real estate shows, but sales shows or branding shows or shows that, um, you know, are focused on your market. Like maybe, you know, you're in Michigan and it focuses on Michigan service providers or something like that. There's only a few of those. There's not many. So it is important to understand like what it is you're providing to people that is unique. You need to be in demand. It's not just that you need to open yourself to you know, get 300 interviews, but it's like 300 hosts have to decide that you have something important to say. And so that's what I, that's like really where I step in with the people I work with is trying to develop not just that story that we talked about earlier, but what are you bringing to the table that hasn't been said before? You can't just go to a podcast host and say, I can talk about sales yeah. or I can talk about marketing. You have to really get in there and say what it is you can provide that is unique. And that's not always like a brand new strategy. Sometimes it's repackaging an old idea in a new case study or in a way that sounds sexier than, you know, what they heard before. Every podcast around business or entrepreneurship at some point needs to talk about scalability and systems. But like, you don't want to start off the show saying, we're going to talk about scalability and systems again, you know, for our quarterly, uh, you know, time that we, you know, our quarterly visit to these things. You have to figure out how to repackage it in a way that the listener wants to hear it again and, and reinforce it. Everyone who listens to our show knows Tim and I are passionate about obtaining financial freedom through real estate investing. We also know that everyone's situations and goals are different. And while there are programs out there that show you a path to financial freedom, Many of these programs are just too cookie cutter and don't take your personality, situation, and desired outcome into account. Think about the number of times that you've watched a guru online and tried to do the exact same thing as they did but had nowhere near the same results. You are not alone. When I got started, I was continually paying for courses and getting only partial results until I discovered the path that made sense for me. The results prove this out. Most online course creators have let us in on their dirty secrets that 90 to 95% of their students never complete their course and achieve their desired outcome. This is not something that we're okay with. The benefit of working with Tim and I is that we are interviewing between five and 20 people every single week. 
we have accumulated hundreds of seven-figure strategies and gotten inside scoop from these successful entrepreneurs. We're able to work with you to pick the strategy that will best fit and then help you create the custom plan to take you quickly into financial freedom. As a former math teacher, I always taught my students that the fastest way between two points is a straight line. If you want to get rid of the many curves in the road that can make the journey longer and more costly, then go to coaching.freedomchaserspodcast.com and book a call with us. And let's get you on a straight line path to freedom. Let's talk a little bit about that packaging. So is that like a sizzle reel? Is that a, like what sort of things do you put together or encourage your clients to put together to make it more likely that they'll get booked? Yeah. So the providing, you know, coming up with those topics is the important part. And really what I like to do is then, uh, the way I craft my pitch is, you know, I reach out to a host and I say, I'm, I'm reaching out about so-and-so being on your show to discuss. And I lead with the three most valuable topics. And the reason is like, I don't know how many pitches you get on a weekly basis, but it's probably a decent amount, you know, or a lot. And you have to go through that. And so you have to find a way to stand out. And so like talking about, you know, while I mentioned building that story, starting off a pitch with like, you know, where you went to college and, you know, what sport you played and you like your hobbies is so unimportant in trying to get you booked on the podcast. Leading off with what value you're going to bring is great. And if at that point you're hooked, you'll then read the rest of the story. But it's not like it, it, the the sequence of information is really important, in my opinion. And so just getting out there with like, here are the here are the three main things I can I can bring to the table and, pr- you know, the value I can provide to your listeners is what's going to get everybody hooked. And then like your bio can kind of be as long or as short as you want it to be, uh, depending on like whether or not it's adding value. Take out the stuff about like, you know, loving your dog. And, and unless you're pitching to a parenting podcast, like being a proud father doesn't help in getting you booked on podcast, even if it is something that's really important to you. Um, but being able to discuss like, you know, the value you're going to bring, how you developed that, that value or that skill set, and then where that value and skill set has gotten you today, that's, what's going to get you booked. Yeah. And, and obviously different is probably better than better. Is that fair to say? Uh, absolutely. I mean, again, it, it's not always about, it's not, if you have something really unique to say, that's always going to be what is like the leading driver. But if you don't have something that's super unique, which is, I mean, if, if you are an agent that is focused on first time home buyers, that's like a niche, but there's also a lot. So what, what are you doing that is different from everybody else? And if you're not doing anything specific that's different, what is driving that success? Maybe it is the marketing. Maybe it is the focus on like, maybe, maybe it's because you started your own real estate meetup and you're here to talk about how you should be the host of a real estate meetup. I did that. You know, I'm in real estate. That's how I got on the Bigger Pockets Rookie podcast was talking about how I started a meetup in a market before I even had a, a property in that market. So I could be the one that was meeting everybody there and providing it. And then I got like a hard money lender. I'm sorry, I got a private money lender out of it. Both of my flips were sold because of clients I met at that meetup. And that, that was just like, that was just because I didn't know anybody in the city that I wanted to invest in. And another reason that podcasts can be so valuable is just like what you said. I mean, podcasts can lead to those connections. 
um, with us conducting over 400 episodes, like it's, it's crazy how if, if you were to evaluate my social life and my friends a year ago compared to after conducting 400 episodes, it changes. Like, has that been the case for you too? Or it's like, has the balance of even your social life shifted as you've engaged in a lot of these relationships? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's funny. All of my friends are entrepreneurs, but we all do very different things. So I'm the one that's out here getting interviewed about what I do. <laughs> um, and they, they think that's impressive. Um, definitely helps my credibility amongst my network. But you know, to, to your point uh, about how many episodes you've conducted, whether you are a guest or a host, what's really important about this, is, uh, strip away again, the ROI, but even like the SEO and stuff like that, you're getting one-on-one conversations with a potential customer or referral source. And every host that I've done an interview with, I've also periodically checked back and said, hey, does anybody come to mind that could use my service? Is there anything that you're new that you're providing that maybe I could provide to people? And just trying to keep that relationship going. Lots of people, it's just one and done. They, they sometimes don't even... The host sometimes forgets to tell them that the episode came out and the guest sometimes forgets to ask or share or do, you know, even the most basic things with that, that podcast interview that could be beneficial to them. But if nothing else, make sure to stay in touch so that you're the person top of mind with that host or that guest. This is a really good point. And it, like, it makes me chuckle because when you say that, like in some of our post podcast interviews, sometimes we've had just such deep relationships. Like the people were like, we're almost crying and all this kind of stuff. And then you have ones where literally it feels like 12 seconds after you get done, even though the interview might've gone well, that person is like, I'm out of here. Yep. You know, have you kind of noticed that same thing? Like what, what sort of variants are you seeing uh, in the post podcast relationships? Like, like how many of them would you say, do you go on to form friendships with and how many is just kind of a more transactional Field. Yeah, you know, I, I will definitely say if you're a host and you're having like 50 one-on-one, inter, you know, I call them meetings essentially with guests, yeah. it can obviously be difficult to like really have a true relationship with every single person. But on the guest side, it's the same thing. It's almost like a lack of reciprocity. Like you invited me onto your show. I'm getting in front of your people, not the opposite. Like I owe you. That's how I look at it. Like, and I try to make sure my, my clients understand that too, is like the host is doing you a solid. You are providing good content for their listeners. That is true. And, you know, I also have some people with big names. It is helpful for the host, but like the host is the one, again, that's producing the content. You're putting in the resources and the time to make it happen. You're the one building the relationship. You're the one that's, I'm, I'm assuming, promoting it at the, you know, afterwards. Not every host does that type yeah. of thing, but like, the guest should always be looking to try and find a way to reciprocate that and reciprocating the the value, you know, reciprocating by posting the interview helps the host, but it's like, you're also helping yourself. There's only win-wins here. In my opinion, every effort that is made in the podcasting space is a win-win. So if you're skipping a step, you're also skipping a win for yourself. hundred percent. So let's talk about the nuts and bolts of the booking process. Like, is it emails? Is it calls? Is it text messages? Is it social media? What What is the process that you guys use? I mean, 900 shows booked is not a small number. What's your process? Yeah, it's mostly email. And I mean, that's just, that's how I did it in, in you know, music. Um, if I am having trouble getting in touch with someone via email, I do reach out via social media or something like that, maybe via LinkedIn. Um, but yeah, a lot of it is just done via email. Like every, especially if you're in the entrepreneurship space or investor space, like we're all just business owners 
everyone's using email. You know, it's not, it's not, it's not reaching out to conglomerates and hoping that you're getting like some executive assistant to say, sometimes it's an assistant, but oftentimes I'm dealing directly with the host who is also like an investor. It's someone that, that like, you know, I have common interests with and I'm able to talk to them. That's part of the reason that, that I specialize in real estate investors is because I know what's, what's interesting to them. Um, so it is a lot of times just, just via email. And, you know, I also go to conferences and meet people that way. And, and I'm always presenting, you know, new ideas to them. Um, I oftentimes like to ask those, like, what are you looking for right now? The show could be called the multifamily investing podcast, but I see they had a flipper on, you know, I see they had a wholesaler on and other times it is exactly just multifamily. So I really like to, I find out what it is that's acceptable, what it is that's the focus. Some people shift only to talking to people that offer passive investing opportunities or people that invest passively only. They don't want any active investors or something like that. So, um, you know, it, it is important to know what it is the host wants. But if you also, if you have something like unique to say, there's oftentimes a host that wants to learn it from you. <laughs> so, yep. Um, yep. you know, don't be, don't be scared to reach out to people and, and don't assume you know what it is they want. Sometimes you find out. Um, but yeah, I just, I, email's how I've always done it. I like to do a, a casual follow-up. You know, I give people, I understand that everyone's busy. Everyone's got families. Everyone's got vacations. Um, so try not to be pushy with it. But um, you, there's also like, platforms out there like uh podcast uh, I'm sorry podmatch where mm-hmm. you know you can go and make a profile it kind of it kind of actually lays out the the exact format I use but in a digital form so it gives you a place where you can give your bio links to your social media links to past interviews topics you speak on even questions that the interviewer can use if they want to do that and will connect you with hosts that are looking for guests. So I'm oftentimes pitching to a host and hoping that they will accept my guests. Whereas on Podmatch, you already know that the host is looking for a guest. So it's a a lower hanging fruit. Um, So I always suggest to people, go make a a Podmatch profile and, and like pitch yourself to shows on there because those are people that are already looking for, um, you know, someone to be on their show. So back to you saying like, if someone came to me and said they wanted to, do 300 interviews in a year using some platforms like that is a, is a great way to find some low hanging fruit of people that are already looking for a guest. And then just obviously in that process, you would just email like crazy, do a lot of follow-ups, so on and so forth and, and get it booked. Yep. So we've talked about how to book. We've talked about a little bit about how to put the, the package together to make yourself more appealing. The revenue then obviously comes generally from a combination, right, of the audience wanting your product, if the audience is in good alignment with what you're doing, and potentially even the host, right, maybe needing needing your services. What are maybe some things we haven't covered today that would be helpful in someone that wants to use podcasting as a business tool? Well, I mean, you know, we, we, we did mention this part, but also being able to use that content through social media, that's someone that wasn't the host or the listener that may be converted because you had that content out there. They saw you offered a perspective maybe they had missed before. Um, so, you know, that that that's just the, the, again, every step you don't take with this is like a win-win that you're missing out on. So um, that, you know, that that's what I would really say. But the great thing about like, let's just say you are the host of a podcast is you get to be the person that drives the conversation, the direction you want. You 
personally, Matt, get to plug in your new product if you have one, your new service if you have one. Um, you get to have guests on that are going to drive the conversation or, or you know, have some sort of parallel to your business in a way that, you know, maybe you couldn't do if you were just the guest. Um, you know, right now, it wouldn't make sense for you to go be on a show that's a lawyer, you know, uh, I'm sorry, like a lawyer based podcast that talks about law, but you can have a lawyer on your show to talk about how, you know, passive investing for high net worth individuals. Like there, there's weird synergies here um, that sometimes aren't always, you know, noticed on the, on the surface and having a business to business podcast allows you to open that door. Yeah, absolutely. And it gets crazy too. I mean, like, obviously I'm really excited for our post-show conversation. And I think the listeners here should be thinking about what kind of things could you and I be talking about after our show, right? With the synergies that we have. And this is where I think things get really interesting is the audience already has, we got lots of messages from people like, man, I really love that episode. Thank you for this. It really helped me this way. But what they don't know is all the value that happens after the show. Like the things that, that get said, right? Because you're not as worried about it being on recording or this or that. And so like the businesses that we formed, a lot of which have come from post-show conversations. So I definitely want to throw that in the ring too. And you, you kind of alluded to that already, which is the value of the relationship after the podcast can be so valuable because people that are usually willing to be on podcasts generally are trying to do something with their lives and with the world and oftentimes have, right? So there, there's real, real value that happens there. And, and again, I'm crazy looking forward to our post-episode conversation. That being said, what is your vision for your life, business, uh, over the next 12 to 18 months? Well, real quick, I just want to go back to what you were saying. Like I actually, yeah. us, another arm of our business is we run podcasts for people. And I have one that is a uh, a sports program focused podcast called Grow the Game, where the host of Signature Lacrosse has uh, club owners come on and talk about how they grew their program. And I said, okay, look, it's a 45 minute interview. You schedule them for an hour. And after the interview's done, you have 15 minutes to say to someone that's not already a client, how do we get you into our system? So just one that that's like the, that's the post, yeah. the post show conversation. That's where the magic happens. Um, my goal for the next, you say 12 to 18 months, um, you know, really just trying to continue growing out my business and, and having, um, you know, continuing to find new people that, that have unique conversations, you know, unique information to provide uh, to the ecosystem of like investors and, and small business owners and entrepreneurs. Um, I've also started working with some, you know, bigger name uh, clients that are getting onto some pretty massive shows. They're so just trying to get those bigger shows under my belt and be able to then funnel in, you know, entrepreneurs and business professionals to those shows. Um, I mean, that's, that's always my goal. You know, the, the, the sale is not what actually what excites me working with a, someone that has unique information to give is what excites me or getting them that big show is what excites me. That's what gets me going in this business. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, that, that's kind of where I I'm going. Just, just want to keep building up, you know, new clients. Love it, man. Spencer, thanks for coming on, sharing about your life and your business. And for all of you out there listening, if you are thinking about, if you're even in the realm of thinking about growing your business, I think podcasting should definitely be something that you consider. Spencer obviously is an expert in helping you get on podcasts. Um, we obviously are very biased about podcasts, but it has helped us launch businesses that are succeeding. And so, you know, consider this as a potential strategy. Write down something you learned from today's episode. Share it with somebody you know so they can hold you accountable because freedom is acquired one action at a time. And if you take steps day by day before you know it, you too will be living a life of freedom. Thank you guys for tuning in. We'll catch you on the next episode.
Please like, comment, share, and subscribe. Engagement is like gold to us. We can't do what we're doing without it. Reviews and subscriptions, particularly on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube, are worth more than money. So please do what you can to support the show. 